0: This is Fullness of Life, discussing topics important to your life of faith and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live His fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina.
1: Welcome, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life on 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. And this month I have the wonderful privilege of having two dear friends in the studio with me and their names are Kevin and Crystal Sullivan. And they're here to share a bit about their personal journey through their own marriage and coming to an understanding of what God calls us to in this great sacrament of marriage. And so welcome Kevin and Crystal. Thank you, Lenny. We're Thanks. so happy to be here. It's an Thank honor. you. And enjoy. Absolutely. Well, why don't we start off by sharing with the listeners a little bit about your history, who you are, um, a little bit about how long you guys have been married, some some basic facts.
2: Well, I'm actually a, a Chicago girl. I met Kevin when uh, he worked in the company with me. We have been married for 35 years, and uh, we were blessed uh, pretty much right away after we'd gotten married to have uh, children. Uh, we have a daughter living in the area and a son who lives in Colorado. Uh, We are the very proud parents, and please don't ask for pictures, of our uh, currently three grandchildren, soon to be four, and they also are in the area. Uh, We've been parishioners almost um, all of those years at St. Joseph's in Libertyville, and just recently have fallen in love with the parish of St. Gilbert in Lake, and uh, also St. Benedict in Fontana, where we uh, spend quite a bit of time when we have time to enjoy ourselves.
1: Well, and I just want to insert here that it has been a real blessing to have the two of you come and join us at St. Gilbert, because from the very beginning, meeting you two at a retreat that you attended a couple of years ago, and then you came again to the next retreat and just to see the joy uh, in both of you and the, the love you have for each other was an inspiration to me very early on. And I kept wondering, who is that adorable couple? <laughs> They keep showing
2: up. It's just so nice and- to be called adorable when you're in your late
1: sixties. <laughs> well, I mean, I just saw the beauty of of your faith. It was it's you. You were witnessing to me just by the the way you responded to each other, the way you responded to us. And so, thank you for again walking with us in this beautiful ministry at Saint Kilbert.
3: Yeah,
4: thanks, Eddie. It's you know, it's you say that show up as joyful, but yeah, obviously that wasn't always the case. And the, the source of joy is in what we've discovered. You know, in working in marriage ministry, working with engaged couples, and really coming to an understanding that that's what God desires. For each and every married couple. Amen. And so it's appreciating the graces of the sacrament that have helped to lead us to a place where we can, I think, honestly say, you know, we're our marriage is more joyful today than it was the day we got married and more joyful than it was last year and maybe not quite as joyful as it will be next year.
1: How beautiful. Yeah, that's a wonderful perspective to share. So, Kevin, what what about your background? A little bit about your background. Are you a Chicagoite originally? I'm a
4: Minnesota native and grew up in Nebraska. So, uh, as Crystal mentioned, I met her when I took a job here in the Chicago area. Okay. So, I'm I'm relatively new to the area. I've only been here 35 years. (laughs) But, uh, I haven't become a Cubs or a White Sox fan yet. So
1: I gotcha. <laughs> okay, so I know that you have been active in a variety of ministries over the thirty years of your marriage, the last thirty years in particular. Why marriage ministry over others? What was it that drew you to marriage ministry?
2: Well, I think uh, just to give you a little background on how that evolved, we uh, we were like many other couples. We were, you know, so much in love with each other, and we didn't. Uh, think that we needed anything other than to enjoy each other's company and to kind of bask in that relationship. And um, unfortunately, after a few years being married, um, I became a stay-at-home mother and Kevin became very um, active in his career. And there was starting to be a split between us, is that I was focusing on the children and family life and he was focusing on the career. And we weren't taking that time for each other uh, to really uh, grow in relationships. And we weren't necessarily um, looking to the church for an answer, but it just so happened that there was an advertisement in the bulletin for a marriage encounter weekend, which had promised to bring back that spark in your relationship. Yes. And who doesn't want spark when you're a stay-at-home mother with two little kids? <laughs> so we, um, we decided to give it a try, and we went in really quite blind to what might be um, expected on there. But we
4: did go with a couple of bottles of wine and my backpack full of work so that
2: uh, in case there was a
4: free moment on the weekend, we could actually get something done.
2: Right, right. And I think what was most interesting for us, well, there were a number of things that happened on that Marriage Encounter weekend back in 1991. But what was most interesting for us is that um, we had the witness of three couples and a priest. And as you mentioned in your introduction, Letty. The witness of other couples to the joy of marriage is very significant. I don't think it should ever be underplayed for anybody in our listening audience who understands that the way they show love for each other um, really does speak to other people, and sometimes other people who are desperately in need of some hope that things can get better. And so as we uh, made our way through the weekend, we, we saw couples that were willing to share um, both their joys and their challenges. And we certainly had uh, our own challenges that we needed to express.
4: It was a, a marvelous weekend. I think one of the things we were introduced to on that weekend was the notion that God has a plan for marriage. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was uh, kind of a just a, an awakening that said, wait, there's a choice. You know, I, um, we were doing what I say comes naturally. You know, it's easy to get married, you're attracted to one another, and the next, after dating and finding out how wonderfully compatible you are. You know, you take the next natural step and you get married and have children and realize, wow, (laughs) maybe things weren't all that compatible for us. (laughs) And I had uh, been divorced once. Uh, So for me, that weekend actually was an eye-opener and probably maybe even more so a conversion experience. One of the the talks on that weekend was uh, listening. The the talk was about learning listening skills and, and those sorts of things. And as every one of the talks was then um, you, you had a question mm-hmm. to, to discuss with your spouse. So we, we wrote letters and then we discussed them later. And Crystal, in her letter to me, shared uh, how difficult it was for her to be a stay-at-home mom with two children after having given up a professional career to, yes. to make that choice. And for the first time, I heard what unconditional love sounded like, wow. the great sacrifice she made, and then I saw myself as being selfish mm. for how I was, you know, I, I thought I was doing all sorts of wonderful things, providing for the family, but I realized in that moment that I was doing that for me, yeah. I was doing it for the, the accolades and the promotions and all of that sort of stuff, and I realized what it meant to give of oneself, and basically it was, you know, I've seen Christ in crystal at that moment, and, and then calling myself from that point forward to, to try to be the kind of self-giving person that I saw her to be.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I, I found particularly helpful um, and that we try to always remember to share with our engaged couples is that we learn a lot about marriage from our family of origin. Yes. Mm-hmm. In my particular family of origin, my parents were both immigrants from Germany, and we lived a very kind of a close, sheltered life. With each other we didn't there weren 't a lot of long term friends or relatives. they were still over in Germany, and so my exposure to other married couples was very very little except for my parents and my um, relationship with with them was that I saw them I never saw them fight, I never heard shouting, I never saw any kind of disagreement, but that doesn 't mean that we didn 't know that things could go wrong, and it, their method of communicating their displeasure was to spend days not speaking to each other, Mm. which was very frightening to me as a child. And I think I carried that attitude that if you're upset about something, you don't speak it, you withdraw. And eventually, I didn't know how it was happened, but eventually we would come to some sort of understanding and and it would be a thawing again. Um, And I I think I lived that in our first couple of years of marriage. I did have some unhappy moments of feeling burdened with... um, being alone with the children on long days, Kevin was doing a lot of traveling, and but I didn't want to express it because I was afraid that if I would express it, that it would hurt our relationship. And so one of the things that was very helpful in our Marriage of weekend is, again, it was Kevin gave an example, of I was able to share yes. the, um, the feelings of wanting him, wanting to have more of a relationship with him, and feeling that I um, was being heard. And that was extremely uh, powerful for me.
1: And I think, you know, what you just described of going quiet when you're upset and not expressing maybe some of the frustration or the hurt or the anger even that may be kind of rising up in your heart. It's a very common practice for many of us because we are, you know, part of it. Oftentimes I've seen women wanting the man to read her mind. (laughs) Right? Isn't that a very typical?
2: Yes, it is. Common thing, right? And when he doesn't, you just get more angry. You should know what (laughs) I want.
4: Every man can read a woman's mind. Reading it correctly is the problem.
1: (laughs) Right. And so, obviously, again, those communication tools we lack oftentimes as we enter this lifelong commitment that we're supposed to be making together and yet we don't know how to communicate some of the deepest things of our hearts.
4: Yeah so that was back in what 1991 I guess and, and it was coming to that understanding that you're know, making this relationship a priority Yes. and, and, and actually trying to create something together. Uh, so working on the marriage as something distinct you know maybe the two becoming one. This marriage is, is the husband and wife becoming one and then working at bringing life and vitality to that. And we saw how we could do that. And so that's that's really, I think, what excited us, encouraged us to continue on and help other couples do the same thing. We presented uh, Marriage Encounter Weekends in for the next several years and continued to grow in our own relationship as a result of it. So it uh, was obviously a great blessing to us.
1: That's beautiful. Um, can you both share a little bit about your family faith foundation growing up? Because I think it's important to kind of have perspective of where you were coming from with regards mm-hmm. to the faith. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I grew up in a, a large Catholic family in a small town that was more than half Catholic. So it, Catholic culture was all around. And, and we were, uh, this would, I would have been, <clears throat> I'll date myself, back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, when being Catholic was going to mass on Sunday, eating and uh, not eating meat on Fridays. Okay. Uh, a, a, a good Catholic family. My parents uh, we had nine kids, so they got along sometime at least. Uh, <laughs> so I think I had a, a good background. That was back in the days when I got a chance to go to Catholic schools, and every all the teachers were priests and uh, or nuns, excuse me, and the priests came over for meals and stuff. So we yes. had a pretty strong Catholic uh, upbringing.
2: Okay. Great, Crystal. My family was um, quite a bit different than that. Uh, as I mentioned, my, my parents were immigrants, so my mother was um, especially. She was the devout one. She was raised Catholic um, in Germany, um, with a very simple faith. It was a, She lived in the country as a very simple devotional faith. Mm-hmm. My dad, on the other hand, um, had none. He his parents were probably atheists, I imagine, okay. and um, I think he got married within the church. In order to please my mother, but there wasn't any deep-seated understanding from on his part, and so what um, we learned from my mother was faith is rather private. Mm -hmm. We, um, you know, we would pray. bedtime prayers, they would be in German, and we would uh, go to Mass every Sunday. And I must say, Mass on Sundays was just always a disaster, because it was, we were, you know, you couldn't eat before you went to Mass, and everybody was grouchy, and there was one bathroom for the three of us, and was always fighting. And I came to really not enjoy going to Mass. And my dad was not, um, he was not rebellious against going, but he would make all kinds of... Snide little comments on the way out. So we recognized that there wasn't this um, shared faith between the two of them. Yeah. And so I don't think that as a result, I didn't really um, have this um, relationship with Christ Growing up, it was a matter of duty, going to church, it's kind of your thing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, I went to a public high school and then I went to a public college and my faith um, just kind of went out the window. And so by by the time I came to the Marriage Encounter weekend, I really had had no exposure to priests for sure or people that would talk about their faith openly or having this relationship with Christ. It was just something that was completely foreign to me. Okay.
4: Yeah, and even though I grew up in a, a, a Catholic family, uh, didn't keep me from going basically the same path, following sure. the world's path away from. I, I got married uh, after I graduated from uh, from high school or college, excuse me, and uh, was divorced after six years because yeah. you know just kind of following in the way of the world of, of those days and yes. not not uh, keeping my faith alive, right. and obviously not sharing it with a spouse, and uh, so. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, it's understandable. Crystal, you mentioned, I know this about you, so I'm going to bring it up, which is that you kind of mentioned that you have a had a reversion
2: back to the faith. What, can you share a little bit about what led to that? I'd be happy to. It was actually quite significant. As, as I mentioned, the, the witness of the three couples, okay. uh, um, they all kept talking about how God played such a part in their marriage and how it was so helpful to them to, to be loved by God and to be forgiven and listened to and everything. And I just was like, I want what they have. Yes. And, you know, I kind of laugh right now, but at the time I'm like, well, it can't be Catholic because I was raised Catholic and that didn't happen. So I started this journey after our marriage encounter weekend, exploring other, other faiths. And it could be the faith of, I mean, I was very open-minded. It could be a Buddhist or Hindu or a different Christian or Jewish. I was just, I kept reading books. I'm a big book reader. And um, it was almost a year after the, the retreat where uh, somebody gave me a book on Medjugorje. Okay. And it wasn't intended as part of my uh, discernment. Uh, but I read this book, and I must say it was an incredibly powerful, immediate conversion experience. And I literally knew that God existed. God loved me, that it was the Catholic faith he was calling me back to, and that... Because I was given this great gift, with literally tears streaming down my face for days, um, I said to God, Whatever you want, Lord, I will do. And about I think two or three days later we got a call asking us to become fellow retreat leaders on the marriage encounter weekend. So naturally <laughs> we said yes. And that basically was the turning point. How and we've never looked back. But I really I really believe that when you know, when you're when you're truly seeking the Lord, the Lord will answer. Maybe not in the way you expect, maybe not right away, but the Lord wanted us to have this joyful marriage that we had, we were striving towards it on our own, but it really wasn't until we kind of stepped out and agreed to share that with others that um, I can honestly say that's when the, then our commitment to our Mm -hmm. sacramental marriage really took off wonderful
1: okay well it is time for a commercial break and so don't go away because the next part of crystal and kevin's story is a bit more about how they go into leading some of these retreats and and learning more and more about what god calls us to in marriage thank you this is Letty medina fullness of light we'll be right back
0: Looking to spend some quality spiritual time this Lent? Learn the Ignatian Method of Discernment. Go to the March 21st day of reflection led by Deacon Greg Webster, Ph.D. of St. Raphael the Archangel Catholic Church in Old Mill Creek, Illinois, and host of WSFI 88.5 FM's Deacon's Roundtable, Saturday March 21st, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at St. Benedict's Abbey in Bennett Lake, Wisconsin. Make Holy Week come alive for you again. Retreat includes lunch, mass, and an opportunity for reconciliation. The cost is only $30 per person. Sponsored by Catholic Financial Life and WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Register online at wsficatholicradio.org. Space is limited. Catholic Financial Life members can use their retreat benefit for this reimbursement. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Town.
3: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult, the new age, that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers and sisters, of families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary also in all Saints saints in the name of jesus by the blood of jesus i just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit may he send upon them the grace of the holy spirit to free them and may our mother mary place her mother demands her to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in genesis after the fall amen
0: are you retired or near retirement
1: Welcome back everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life on 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. We are still here with Crystal and Kevin Sullivan and they are sharing their beautiful story about their marriage and their understanding and their evolving understanding of what God calls us to in marriage. So why don't we get back to maybe sharing a little bit of what you learned on the Marriage Encounter weekend?
2: Um, As I had mentioned earlier, because of my upbringing, I was very reluctant to share feelings that I consider to be negative feelings. And one of the major um, things that we learned on the weekend is that feelings themselves are neither right nor wrong. They're a a spontaneous inner reaction (laughs) to a person or place or a thing, which is a marriage encounter definition. And that was very freeing for me. We also learned to communicate on a regular basis things that touched on our lives, not necessarily all, all the time very intense discussions, But just sharing naturally and frequently our feelings that uh, we experience throughout the day. And so this regular communication of uh, ourselves to each other was one of the most significant things uh, that was, for me, made a big difference in our life. It really kept me connected to Kevin. Kevin was by nature, and maybe similar to many men, they're not really interested in sharing their feelings. And so before the weekend, this was not the way we communicated. Right. And we had been given this wonderful tool of sharing with each other on a regular basis um, kind of our innermost selves. And it was very exciting to me. I was very, <laughs> It was very sexy to me to know what Kevin was thinking or feeling, most of all. How beautiful.
4: I think for me, one of the most significant things was... Uh, there was a phrase called, love is a decision, mm-hmm. which basically says it's not a feeling, it's a decision.
1: Yes.
4: And, and, and that was a powerful, powerful message to me that just said, you know, we're called to love whether we feel like it or not. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice in the matter. You know, when we get distressed or something upsets us, uh, you know, we can get grumpy and walk away and withhold ourselves from the other. But the choice and the decision is to love. And so it really was a call to recognize that love is supposed to be the foundation of the relationship and supposed to be the foundation of marriage. And there are times when it's not going to be as easy. You know, I'm sure it wasn't easy for Christ as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane to say yes to the Father and continue on that journey. But, um, you know, much the same way, you know, there are times in our relationship where we have to make the conscious choice. To continue to strive for the, the growth of the relationship, put our own feelings aside and make a decision to love and to be reconciled and to try to stay in relationship with one another. So, that whole conscious uh, notion that we have a choice in all of the things mm-hmm. that we, uh, you know, God gave us a free will and He gave us the opportunity, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes, to make conscious choices to do the right thing instead of to do the natural thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
4: When, when we get into those periods where we're just drifting along, doing what comes naturally, taking care of ourselves, um, you know, other than you know, just our mere health, but looking after our own interests instead of choosing the interest of the other yes. in our relationship. And that's, that was a key point for me. It's, this is a, uh, We have to be conscious of what we're doing.
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And and one of the things, you know, I want to just insert is that, you know, you're you're saying you're choosing to love, right? And which means you're choosing to put God in the middle of all of it, even especially when it's hard, right? That God is part of this relationship. He's the foundation, right, of the relationship, which is true of every sacrament that we have in the church. But most people aren't living that out so much. So how did your understanding of that kind of come about a, a deeper understanding of how God had to be the foundational aspect. Yeah, of a marriage. I, that's,
4: a, that's a great question. And, and you hit the nail on the head. I think that the real appreciation of the role of God's grace in a relationship that really makes the marriage. Yep. Um, and it's coming to that understanding. I think the marriage encounter weekend was wonderful. It gave you some great tools and it really helped to focus on strengthening this relationship But something I think we came to appreciate was there had to be more than that. Right. And uh, we went on another retreat. Uh, It was a retreat called Living in Love. And it was based a lot on John Paul's theology of the body. Mm -hmm. And we started that retreat, and and we were invited to raise the bar. Which made some sense to us because we were thinking there has to be a little something more. And it was a great retreat that focused on prayer. There was prayer in it. But it focused on asking for graces, hmm. specific graces. And, you know, the, this, the, some, of the, some of the old Catholic teaching came in and, you know, well, graces are a product of sacraments. Yeah. And this marriage is a sacrament. And then really beginning to, you know, starting the journey to plumb the depths of what that really means and, and taking a sacramental view and recognizing that God is in this. You know, going back to the day we got married recognize it wasn't just the two of us. Yes. We were making that promise with God, with Christ, uh, in that relationship. So um, I think that was the beginning for me of, of really starting to get on that journey. I think one of the times it really got cemented uh, was when one of the trips to Medjugorje that Crystal invited me to join her on. Um, on an Easter Sunday, we had the opportunity to uh, celebrate Mass with uh, Father Yozo, <laughs> For those from Medjugorje will know, uh, he was the, or one of the first pastors, I think, after yes. the apparitions. And we had a little pri not a private mass, a small mass, uh, because we were on a married couples retreat. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he asked all of us to bring a crucifix to mass. So we, in our days before the mass, went out shopping for a crucifix. And then at the time uh, he asked us to renew our vase. He asked us to do it in the Croatian tradition, which uh, turns out to be that the couple represents the cross, and they crossed their hands one over another on top of the cross.
1: How beautiful.
4: Absolutely powerful. And then he shared that, that we, know we, we are united in Christ, that that's the sacrament, and that if we take our hand away, we're taking our hand away from the Lord as well. Wow. And so, yeah, powerful, powerful image for that's what it needs to be about. And then coming to recognize, and it's the graces that flow from it that make this unnatural relationship right. of uh, you know one person giving their life over completely to another right. they may the, the graces make it work
1: exactly and and that's one of the reasons why the divorce rate continues to climb right because more and more people are choosing number 1 not to get married in the church or they're not practicing their faith within the marriage and so that really makes it almost impossible for people to to survive <laughs> As you, as you experienced, even in those early years, it became very difficult, as, as it did in my own marriage early on.
4: Yeah, one of the other things that, we, uh, that came out of that Living in Love retreat is we were invited to uh, hang a crucifix in our bedroom as a reminder of the love that we share being a, a, a reflection of the love Christ shared for all of us on the cross. Amen. That, that what, and and St. John Paul would call it total self-giving. It's a total self donation. We give all of ourselves totally and completely to the other as Christ did on the cross. So but the, uh, we hang a marriage cross in our, in our room, our bedroom.
1: Well, and, and it takes you back to that scripture uh, in Matthew 7, where the Lord says, Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house. But it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. Who is the rock? Jesus Christ is the rock. And if we don't build our marriages on the Lord, we're going to struggle and possibly be led to divorce oftentimes. So, yeah, it's very, very important to, to emphasize that. You know, you mentioned the skills and the practices that make marriage work. Can you expand a little bit more about, like, even the fact that you started leading retreats when you consider the fact that marriage prep is less than a year far less i think six months maybe and you compare that to six
4: hours usually six hours, right (laughs) of instruction that is yeah
1: it's not it's inadequate in so many ways to prepare us for this life-changing
2: union and it's a union the two shall become one one of the things that there's a saying i think that says if you want to really understand something teach it to somebody else and I think that was um, definitely what occurred in our marriage is immediately after the marriage and kind of weekend, we were, we were you know, newbies to this, this way of life. Um, but in, in beginning to present the material to others, we had to internalize it yes. and to walk the walk, talk the talk. You know, we had to understand ourselves with words that were relatable, with instances experiences that were relatable, um, what this meant. Um, in particular there was one concept that we were trying to share with couples, part of the, the retreat, was the um, idea of unity in our marriage. And as you had mentioned, Letty, the unity of husband, wife, and God being together. And I had a really hard time with that concept at the beginning because I saw unity meaning that I had to either agree with Kevin on everything, which that was never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> or that Did
3: she she's German? <laughs> oh, okay.
2: <laughs> or um, that he and I had to be very alike in our, in our differences, in the way we react to life differently. Yes. And one of the things that, again, in, in teaching it and in sharing it with others, I learned that the unity means, Kevin always used the expre- the, the um, example of thinking of the mar- our marriage as a living thing. Mm-hmm. It is not Kevin, it is not Crystal, but it is together with God, this, this living thing that is our marriage needs to be nourished by both of us. And that means to give each other the space mm-hmm. to be distinct, yet totally for each other and totally for God. And I think one of the things that made um, it so much easier was, as I was infused with this beautiful gift of faith, that um, to love God first would only make me love Kevin more. There's nothing that I could ever, ever love about God that wouldn't just bounce right into Kevin's heart. And so that was um, another experience that we were gifted with.
1: Oh, I love that. And I think that so many people misunderstand that because they think if you put God first, you're neglecting your spouse. And it's the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. He leads you, he gives you that greater grace to love your spouse even more.
2: Yeah,
4: even more. So yeah, I, I struggled with it for quite some time. And I got, and I rationalized in my head that, you know, well, God would want me to love Crystal. So I could just work at that and focus on her. But over the years, I came to appreciate that how I could better love Crystal would be to learn to appreciate better how God loves, period. Yes. loves me and so my responsibility was to love crystal as christ loves us loves me loves the church yes so it, it took me some time to get to that point where i could say well gee whiz i you know i need to spend my time on crystal but you know the lord will understand but what i came to have come to understand and this is just kind of recently sure. the last few years i i read a, uh, a book uh, that was a treatment of John Paul's work, love and responsibility, which was, was phenomenal, and it, it it helped me to appreciate and understand what pure love is, what God's pure love is, and it was that revelation. You know, that's what I'm supposed to be delivering to Crystal. So I finally got to the point where recognizing that the best thing I could do for our marriage, and anyone could do for the marriage, is to to get. And deeper in touch with the love of God. How beautiful. Because that's what we're supposed to be sharing. Yeah. You know, that's the gift we receive that we're passing on to another.
1: Amen. Amen. And, you know, I think it's important, to to just bring up the fact that it sounds like that as you grew together through this process of change and trying to bring your marriage into line with God's plan, that you both had to change, Right. And people don't like the word change. (laughs) Nobody likes that word usually. But that it is what we're called to in order to be able to grow into the people that God's calling us to be, right?
4: Yeah, I think that's the key word. You know, change is a a fearful word, but it just involves two things. Letting go of the things that have held you back and then growing forward. You know, uh, growth is a good thing. Unburdening is a good thing. Yes. Change is not always perceived to be so good, but that's it. It's, it's letting go of the things that held you back, The, the you know, giving up the ways of the world.
1: Can you give a, a little practical example of some minor things that you had to change?
4: Well, I just uh, work habits and yes. some of those sorts of things. I. <laughs> I should probably. This is. This won't sound very good, but I had a bad habit of not coming home after work. Okay. I had uh, all these great friends that, at the end of the day, I would have to share a beer or two. Oh, with. sure. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a strange, and it would usually cause a problem. Oh, of course. Because Crystal is home with these two darling little children who've been loving her up all day long. Yes. Of course. Uh, and so I figured, why could she want with me being there, you know, ruining all that good fun that she was surely having. (laughs) But anyway, so, but when I realized, you know, that, that I was being selfish, uh, I didn't stop spending time with with all the friends and acquaintances debriefing for the day, but I realized I set up a new standard. There was a time limit to it.
3: Exactly. I would
4: go home. I knew I, so I would go home for dinner and be home in in time and just a, a stupid little thing. But it it was an appreciation for the, that. Now this relationship was number one priority. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all these no, other things were really the priority. So it's just it's that recognition, and I think that was part of the continuing process of staying with the the uh, marriage and kind of work, and then working with engaged couples. It's uh, just that continual reminder that this marriage relationship is is a priority and the most important. It thing. It
2: has to be. It has to be. Yeah. And I think for me, one of the things that um, needed to change is that probably because I had become a stay-at-home mother and I just felt like I wanted to prove myself that I was still, you know, a professional person or intellectual person, is that I needed to, when we did start working together, um, Kevin would often, often have a different way of doing things than I would have done. And um, I I would be more organized and I would set things up. Did we
4: mention she's German? (laughs)
2: But then at the very last minute <laughs> did I mention he's Irish he would come in and change everything around flip it over sideways backwards all my preparation was for naught, and 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 I would just say but we can't and he's like but don't you want it to be the best you can it can be and it was a challenge for me to let go of you know we were doing something together sure Kevin had mar- he always has marvelous ideas I'm a a tad bit more organized than his. And so I needed to, to allow for that to happen yes. in our relationship, to allow his giftedness and to kind of take over. For sure. And not insist on, um, no, we have to stick to doing things my way because this is what we had agreed to. Yes compromise. (laughs) compromise. (laughs)
4: Pride. Um, There was one other thing I think that made a big difference for both of us, and that was one of the concepts we learned on the weekend, is to surround yourself with people who share your values. Oh, I love that. You know, so you're not going alone. Yes. Uh, So one of the major things we did was we changed a little bit of the focus of our social life. Uh, After our weekend, Crystal organized a group of other couples who had been on marriage encounter weekends in the past, and uh, we got together and we would uh, meet once a month.
1: I think that's a beautiful and, yeah, point and, to make
4: and share on relationship and stuff. And and we still have a group, you know, some twenty five, twenty six years later. Beautiful. And to come together and with with couples who share the same sort of values and have conversations of meaning together.
3: Wonderful.
4: Uh, uh, reinforces all that we believe in. Robert. And that's
1: one of my favorite topics is the, the gift of holy friendship, the yeah. gift of faithful friendship, right? It, people walking with others who share your values, your beliefs, makes a world of difference.
2: It, it really did for me too, because it was i I'm a very relational person. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to share with others, my faith, which was just, you know, developing over the years. Yes. Versus my other friends, who I all love them dearly. Of course. But talking with faith about faith with them, they're at a whole different place. Right. And it was uncomfortable at first for me to break away from that. I wanted to be part of the group, the neighborhood, the yeah. social scene. And yet, at the end of the day, what was really best for us, and for me, and for Mm -hmm. a family, was to be with these wonderful, beautiful, holy people whose
1: focus was on God and each other. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it is time for another commercial break. And don't go away because we have one more segment to talk about marriage and all the other things that Crystal and Kevin learned uh, on this journey of faith together as a married couple. We'll be right back after this short break.
5: Hi, I'm Michelle Schaefer. Envision spending a week on the tranquil grounds of the University of St. Mary of the Lake, where you can pray, reflect, and learn more from the rich treasures of the Bible. An invitation for all to experience the annual Summer Scripture Conference at the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary. Notable scripture scholars from across the United States will present this year's program focusing on interpreting scriptures in the church. The Summer Scripture Conference will be held Sunday through Friday, June 21st to the 26th. For registration and information, visit our website at www.summerscripture.org or call 847-837-4575. Come and sense the rhythm of worship, study and relaxation. This conference offers spiritual renewal and inspiration with a community who are passionate for the Word of God.
0: Centuries ago, Italian villagers prayed to St. Joseph to end a famine. Their prayers were answered. and A special feast of Thanksgiving was held in commemoration of the saint. Wealthy families prepared huge buffets and invited the less fortunate people of the village, especially the homeless and sick, to dine. This celebration has become a tradition. Today, we continue to thank St. Joseph for our bounty and invite all to come and share a meal with us. Catholic Financial Life Chapter 929 is sponsoring a St. Joseph table celebration on Friday, March 20th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. It will be held at the St. Raphael the Archangel Church Fellowship Hall in the church lower level. The church is located in Old Mill Creek, Illinois. This is free, as a no charge. All are welcome. Proceeds from raffle and door prizes will be donated to St. Vincent de Paul Society. Stations of the Cross will be held at 7 p.m. immediately following the dinner. That's Friday, March 20th, 4.30 to 6.30 p.m.
1: Hello, this is Letty Bendino with Fullness of Life on 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is the third segment of our show with Kevin and Crystal Sullivan, who've been talking about their beautiful journey through marriage, learning how to go from a secular marriage to a godly marriage. And at this point, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your involvement in marriage prep and how you've helped to lead others to understand this.
2: Well, we've done various programs. We've done the Pre-Cana, which is um, part of the Archdiocesan requirement for the couples. Um, That's a one-day program that's led by a couple, and um, it covers a variety of topics that helps them um, discover kind of on a broad basis where they're at and then share with other young couples. Our experience of that, unfortunately, wasn't... um, very strong for what the couples were receiving because it was oftentimes just shortly before their wedding, it was another box to take off. Um, there were Depending on who sat at the table with you, you could have a joker and you were going to get nothing at all. Sure. And so even for those couples that came that really wanted to grow a little bit in their relationship beforehand, um, I think it was just a very quick cursory um, experience of what areas you might want to uh, be aware of. Okay. Uh, we also have uh, experience with Focus, Mm -hmm. which is an assessment of uh, communication items that you would you need to know where your future spouse is on that topic.
4: Yeah, the good the good news of that one is it's a one on one exercise, so it's uh, (laughs) the couples can't skate through that one. Uh, And the downside of it, the the couple, the the married couple that they work with, is only supposed to facilitate a conversation, Uh, and uh, and but we kind of cheat a little bit and. take advantage of the opportunity to encourage couples as well to, to to take on a spiritual life because one of the things we find it's very rare uh, probably you know maybe two out of ten couples uh, coming and these are couples who are getting married in the church yes. have a spiritual foundation right. and we know uh, we've come to experience I guess we know but we've come to experience that if you don't have a spiritual foundation you're gonna have a, a real tough go as you read that Matthew reading yes. you're building a relationship on the sand if you don't have the firm foundation foundation to build a, a new domestic church yes. so th- that's the good news of the focus program it's one on one, but it's it's really a facilitation of uh, skills building for communication okay and uh, we uh, we also then participated in another one on one program uh, it's called preparing to live in love uh, which is an offshoot of the, the living in love retreat we attended and it's an attempt to bring the same concepts to engage couples so that they are better prepared and have a better appreciation for the sacrament, yeah. you know, marriage is a civil uh, institution, uh, but in the Catholic Church, it's also a sacrament. And so, in the through the, the one-on-one uh, relationship that that we have with the couples, we spend seven two-hour segments. So it it's at least fourteen hours, but a very direct uh, involvement in the conversation. Sure, there's skills building, and they talk about the issues but woven throughout the whole thing is an appreciation for what the sacrament means. Exactly. And and to inspire them to want to strive to to have that sacramental relationship where they understand when they leave that what they're doing is committing their lives to each other, that they take on the, the job. Their vocation is to help the other to get to heaven.
1: Exactly.
4: And uh, that the graces that are available for them in doing that. and. And in creating a a new family, they get to partner with God in the creation of new life Mm. and building a new domestic church. So those are the kinds of things they walk away from that program with, which we have found the couples have been very receptive to it. But unfortunately, as Crystal mentioned earlier when we were talking about pre Cana, they're they're not as invested in the preparation piece. You know, the, the church has not done a very great job of, I call it the forgotten sacrament. Yes, matrimony is the forgotten sacrament, and uh, it, you know, just as all of the others are critical, it's a critical source of grace for the church.
1: Amen. As and, well, and, and I love that. I always go back to that quote John Paul II made: "As the family goes, so goes the nation." And so, if we have families falling apart because marriages are falling apart, the nation falls apart, right? And that's what we're seeing a lot of. Today. We're
4: listening to Teresa Tamio on the way in. Uh, Earlier in the week on WSFI, uh, and there she had a conversation with with someone who was proposing uh, John Paul II uh, as a doctor of the Church.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
4: and I, as I heard that, I thought, you know what? He's a doctor. He's got the prescription as well. Right. Because John Paul, with his with his marvelous work on theology of the body, he wrote seventy five percent of what has been ever written by the Church on marriage and family. Yes. And the domestic church being the foundation of the whole body of Christ, uh, that's the prescription. And we really need to focus more on building strong Catholic families, uh, which can only happen if we have strong Catholic marriages.
1: Amen. And that leads to my next question for the two of you, which is prayer life together. That's a challenging thing for people to learn to pray together. Can you share a little bit about how that has kind of evolved in your marriage?
2: Well, right at, right after my reversion, I, I suppose um, I was very interested in um, going back to Bible study and rosary reading, but it was a very personal thing. And then after our marriage encounter weekend, we we actually um, wrote a family prayer oh, yeah. that we would pray with the children every night. We started praying at meals, of course, and but we um, we started slowly, and I think that's the, an important thing for couples yep. to know when they want to begin something. It can be overwhelming. Um, perhaps if you want to start praying with the children, a rosary, maybe do one decade, do one decade for something exactly. very special for them. Like let's pray for grandma <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, uh, you know, whatever. Something and, cool. um, so that's what we did with the children and I think that was very helpful for us and then after we went to Medjugorje together I think that was a, a shared prayer it was the rosary Beautiful. that was was um, good for us but you know the, the the next step on spontaneous prayer with each other really can be quite uncomfortable even yes. as we were even as we were spiritually developing our own um, prayer lives it was uncomfortable to take Kevin's hand and say you know I want to pray for I'm really worried about please yes. pray let's pray together um, and it takes a lot of trust, yeah. and I would say that it's like a spiritual nakedness. It's like it you is. know, it's an intimacy. Yeah,
4: it, it, it's the it is an intimacy, yeah. and it's uh, it it's as as intimate as our sexual relationship is, and it takes the trust in in building all of those sorts of things. That and I, I, one of the most intimate re- moments we've had in our relationship was our first visit to Medjugorje, uh, praying the rosary together. On, on Cross Mountain. Oh,
1: how beautiful!
4: Little as the sun was going down. So, Apparition Hill. Excuse me. It wasn't on Apparition Hill, but, it, but just looking out, and I, I, I kind of never felt closer to Crystal because I don't know that I, to that point at least, had ever felt closer to God. And it was a beautiful shared moment with the three of us.
1: Amen. Uh,
4: so, it, but it is. It's it. So that's why it is so challenging, uh, because uh, it, it's it's a. Such an intimate sharing of ourselves—it's in in essence—it's a part of that total self-giving.
1: Yeah, it's being bu- being totally vulnerable with mm-hmm. one another mm-hmm. and bearing what's in your mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that that again is why the community of believers that we were able to join with these other married couples was so helpful. Is because when you there are people that have a gift of spontaneous prayer, obviously Letty, you do, and so when you see that, then okay, that makes it okay for me. To turn exactly. to Kevin and pray together with him, and so there's that's that encouragement, that inspiration. That's not something maybe I'm doing right now, but I think I could do that, exactly. and uh, I think that has really helped us grow in our ability to pray and trust and turn to the Lord. So
4: beautiful. Yeah, and 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 it's I guess I just encourage people to to. Uh, take a pass uh, take a pass at it, run it you know it's it is challenging and it might not be for everybody uh and don't get too concerned if it doesn't move beyond uh you know sharing meals prayers at meals and those sorts of things it it's 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 worth spending time with the lord together Amen. even if it, it's just attending mass together oh well, which yeah. is a beautiful prayer
1: oh it's the most powerful yeah. prayer
2: right so we we do a couple of things that took a while for us to, for, for me to feel comfortable with um one thing that we do when we go to communion oh, yeah. we, we we attend together so one sacrament receiving a sacrament um hopefully i i didn't feel comfortable at first because I didn't want to stand out. I don't like people looking at me. Um, But but it was important to make that statement. The other thing that we started doing right away and continue to do is when we're at a restaurant, we pray together as we do at home. We hold hands and we pray. And we've had people come to us and say, thank you so much. We're so happy to see that. And so, again, the witness uh, in such a small way but can be very important to somebody else who might be wanting to know that there's somebody else that is that is bringing God into the relationship. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if we just get back to the basic, you know, reason that I wanted to have the two of you on this show, it's it's to number one highlight this quote unquote forgotten sacrament, right? Oh. That this is a sacrament. It is a gift from our dear God to unite men and women together in this mystery of love, where God is is part of that union, and it transforms m- marriage from being, you know, just this kind of awkward, difficult, challenging relationship
4: relationship, to a
1: beautiful journey together into the heart of love, right? Um, And I think, you know, I'm guessing there are many listeners right now who are maybe struggling in their marriage, or maybe we have engaged couples or individuals that are listening right now. What kind of advice would you give to people who are struggling in their marriage or who maybe were thinking about not getting married in the church? Like, Talk some practical things now.
4: Wow. <laughs> there are so many resources out there that are available. It's, it's, even though the church hasn't necessarily discovered the power of the sacrament, there are a lot of people who are, who are in love with their Catholic faith that are putting together materials. There are programs all over the place. Um, I, I think probably um, a great place to start is um, getting in touch with, with your own relationship with, with the Lord. You know, Amen. going back to Genesis and recognizing that we are created in God's image and likeness you know male and female he created us and and he's the one who invited us made us for each other yes. to become this new life giving sign to the world, so you know appreciating our own dignity mm-hmm. you know and and uh, what that's all about—just to contemplate for a time. You're creation of God. Yes. And you're made for one another. And so it's a place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to get real deep into deep theology, but just spending time recognizing that when God created us, He said we are good. Amen. We're created in His image, and contemplating that, because it—it it, it, brings—I have something to offer into relationship. You know. I I have been gifted by God with this life, mm-hmm. and I'm and meant to bring life into the, to, to others as well.
2: And I think I would totally agree with Kevin. Uh, the, always the beginning is prayer. Um, we know that God wills this this relationship, this marriage relationship, to be a gift of tremendous other centered love. That's what that's the God business. Yes. He wants to say, <laughs> yeah, right. I love that. And um, you know. If we have a spouse or a relationship that is unhappy, always just go right to God and spend some time and say, please God, please help me to see how I can bring you into this relationship. generally when you pour love into somebody else, even if that person is crabby or whatever's happening or they're distracted, you're just, you pour it in, you pour it in, you pour it in. It's kind of irresistible. It is. And uh, eventually (laughs) I think they will succumb to say, hey, why are you being so nice to me? Um, And I think that the second aspect of that is what Kevin was saying is we are children of God, is uh, gratitude for each other. Uh, Whether it's for the engaged couples or for married couples, we always... Um, one of the things that we learned on our marriage encounter weekend way back when was at the last part of the day, we would would say to each other what each other's most endearing Mm -hmm. quality was. And so at the very focus, at the end of the day, no matter what happened, Kevin, your most endearing quality is how sensitive you were to our children as they were being crabby, whatever. And it always... Um, brought in the goodness of the other now we might have had an argument we might have had not really right. kind of a distance day but when you end your day in gratitude to God for the the gift of your spouse it really does bring you closer together so yes. that, that gratitude for each yeah, other it
4: brings you out of yourself and I, it almost takes us back to the beginning i think you know the difference between the world's plan and god's plan and when you think about the the world's plan usually is you know they're happy we're happy if the marriage is a fifty fifty if i'm getting as much out of this as I'm as I'm putting into it and you know that's usually when the conflict takes place because it's you know 60-40 it's, uh, you know it's rarely if you know for a brief moment it might be 50-50 but the next day it'll be 49 so God's plan is that it's supposed to be 100-100 yes I give I'm called to give 100 percent so that when we meet challenges the first step is to say where, how am I doing in my 100% giving? And that's, I think, what Crystal articulated so well. In the 50 50 world, we look at what the other's not doing. Yes. You know, you know they're getting 60%, or they're at, and it, it's obviously a focus that's going to lead to disaster. But if we can get into the habit of stepping out of those times when we're troubled and there's conflict and saying, okay what's my responsibility in this am I am I at my hundred percent best in this process not saying that you know that, that I'm it's always my fault we're no getting to but it gives us an opportunity to say what more could I bring into this situation and and obviously then knowing uh, what Christ love is all about because that's what we're supposed to be always bringing into the relationship so Beautiful. and there are again lots of books so I, I shared with you the uh, a book um, by Edward Shree Yes. I think it was called Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love, and that is his treatment of John Paul, well, I should say Cardinal, no, Father Wotiwa. He wrote this early in his priesthood, this book that, that just is a phenomenal treatise on, on the love of God and, and the call of each of us to love purely, not selfishly, but to live in this, this notion of total self-donation. So uh, there are those resources, there are programs. When you, uh, the Marriage Encounter, obviously for for couples that are serious trouble, there's been infidelity or there's serious issues of maybe addiction or um, serious betrayal in a relationship. There's a program called Retify uh, that's much like the Marriage Encounter weekend, but it's a little bit more intense and has some additional follow-up and some of those sorts of things. Tremendously remarkable program to bring reconciliation. Yes. And, and in large part to bring some of the skills to help it happen. Yes. You know, couples, we don't want to live in conflict with one another, but unfortunately we don't have the skills sometimes. So yeah. that's a great program, as is Marriage Encounter. It was one of the, it, it gives you the skills to learn how to communicate. Avoid the, mis- how, no, we, we're always going to have misunderstandings, but to make sure that they don't become big major conflicts and problems.
1: Um, vision, yeah right. Wonderful.
4: so the skills building programs and and uh, and i would always recommend spiritual reading you know the, the the opportunity to to grow in this appreciation of the power of the love of god yes in your life amen and you can't help <laughs> but feel good about the how loved we are and it so it makes it something we want to pass on to others. Transforms us. Transforms yeah. us. Yeah. And well, motivates us.
1: Absolutely. It's hard to believe, but an hour has passed. And so it's time to bring the show to a close. I just want to thank you both for coming and sharing your love of God, your love for each other with our listeners, and for continuing to just, just be those beautiful witnesses about the beauty of the sacrament. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and sharing this.
2: And we are so grateful to be here. So thank you, thank you to all our listeners who will be inspired to do something for their marriage, for their spouse, and for their God.
4: Our joy, thanks.
2: Well, I hope you all enjoyed the show as much as I did.
1: Please continue to join me every month on Wholeness of Life, 88.5 FM, Antioch Catholic Radio. This is Letty Medina signing off. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you all this fullness of life. Bye.